Psalm 130. Psalm 130, a song of ascent. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord, more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much um, just for the uh, ability to be here uh, this morning to uh, worship and fellowship with this body of believers. Lord, thank you so much um, for leading Micah and Aiden to us. Thank you um, for their baptisms, Lord, um, that just merely shows um, what has already transpired inside of them. Lord, I pray that you would um, be with them as they continue their Christian walks, that they would um, stand boldly for your truth and your word. And I pray that um, we as a congregation would uh, surround them and encourage them um, as as they continue on in their walk. I pray for Pastor Steve that he would... Um, recall um, what he has studied this past week um, over Psalm 130. Lord, and I thank you so much um, for the steadfast love that is renewed each and every morning um, for us through your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. Uh, We ask all these things in your name. Amen. So we're working our way through the Psalms of Ascent. We're getting towards the end. We got got this one and then four more after it. That's kind of our Summer series going to wrap up right right near the end of the summer, and today we come to Psalm one thirty. And one of the things that you realize as you read this psalm, as you hear it read out read out loud, is that is that guilt makes us miserable. The feeling of guilt is a miserable feeling. The psalmist opens up his song, and he is. He is miserable, isn't he? He's crying out of the depths. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Let, let, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? This, this psalmist, his, his iniquities are ever before him. And his great need for the, for the Lord's mercy is ever before him. And it's, and it feels like he's in the depths. He's in the depths. The the depths of the sea was a scary place in the Old Testament. When the psalmist is talking about the depths, he's he's talking about being in over his head. He's talking about losing his bearings. He's talking about not not sure if he's going to make it. He feels weak and vulnerable. He is miserable. This is what guilt can do to us. This is what guilt can do to us. Can make us feel awful. Perhaps you've experienced that recently. Maybe you're experiencing it today. Maybe, maybe you need to put this sermon in your back pocket because you're going to experience it sometime soon. What do we do when guilt makes us feel miserable? Is there a path forward? Is there a way to escape the depths? Yes. 
This psalm is very hopeful. It's very clear. Here's what we do when our guilt is making us miserable. Three things we must do when our guilt is making us miserable. Number one, we must see our sin properly. Verse 3 says, and this is a good verse to memorize. Verse 3 says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Why is this, why is this psalmist crying out for mercy? Why is he crying out for the, from the depths? Why is he crying out for the Lord to hear his voice? Because this psalmist sees his sin properly. He, his sin is before him. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? One of the things we have to, we have to kind of think about to get today, we've got we to sort this out in our minds, because I think sometimes we're not as clear as we should be. We don't, we don't draw the distinction that we should draw. So what, this morning what we have to realize is that guilt... When we talk about guilt, what we could mean is sort of the feeling of guilt. Um, but, and so sometimes that's what the Bible means when it's talking about our guilt. It's talking about like this, this misery that comes upon us because of, because of our guilt. But the, the Bible also, though, when it talks about our guilt, it talks about an actual thing. The, the actual reason we are guilty before God. Not just the feeling of being guilty before God, but the reason we are guilty before God. Um, some of you have admitted to me in moments of weakness that you enjoy hiking. Um, and by this, you mean you drive a perfectly good vehicle out into the wilderness, and then you walk away from that perfectly good vehicle for hours. Hours. Some of this is climbing through mountains, and you have, and, and, and you walk all day away from a perfectly good vehicle. So now you're just out in nature. I, I, what, I don't know what's going on. Anyhow, so that's where you are. And so you can't walk back because it's nighttime. So you have to sleep out in nature in a tent, way far away from your vehicle. You've explained it to me five or six times. I, don't, I still don't understand it. I don't, I don't, I do not get the draw. But whatever. You do you. Imagine if on your hike you, you, you grabbed a huge rock. And it's a big, heavy rock. It barely fits in your backpack. So you've got you to clear everything out of your backpack. And you stick that rock in there and you carry that rock around with you on your, on your hike. You would experience misery. You would experience soreness. You would experience frustration. You would experience fatigue. And none of those feelings are the rock. They're just the feelings that the rock produces. The same thing is true with our guilt. We feel guilty before God. But, but our guilt is not just a feeling. It is a thing. It is a reality. It is a concrete way in which we have sinned against God. Our guilt is our sin. It's what we've, it's what we've thought, or it's what we've said, or it's what we've done. Sometimes people talk about guilt as if it's just a feeling. It's not true. It is a feeling. We do experience it emotionally, and even physically, we experience it. But if we're going to deal with that feeling of guilt, 
we have to deal with the thing of guilt. We have to deal with the thing that we have done. The, 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 the evil thoughts that we have had, or the evil words we have said, or the evil things we have done. We have to deal with our actual legal guilt before God. Otherwise, we end up just trying to deal with the feeling of guilt. If it's just the feeling you don't like, then you can avoid that feeling by, by distracting yourself, by blaming other people. Um, I want you to think with me this, this morning, and, and, and um, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet because I've experienced this, and I know a lot of other people have experienced it, that, that often you have experienced it as well. Have you ever gone to pray, and you, and you, you sit down to pray, and you are alone, it, it's, just, it's just your thoughts, and you're just, you're just going to pray, and you feel awful. You do not feel worthy to even talk to God. And you feel like, man, if I'm going to pray, I've got to spend 10 or 15 minutes just confessing sin. I feel miserable. I do not feel good about myself at all. I do not feel the joy of the Lord at all. I feel far away from God. I feel like, I feel nothing but like this heaviness. I feel nothing but this just separation between my Heavenly Father and myself. This is part of the reason why, why daily sustained prayer is a really good thing because it, it can bring to our minds and bring to our hearts things that we do need to confess. Things that we do need forgiveness for. But oftentimes what we do, when it's, when it's time to have sustained prayer, it's time to have a, just, a, a, just a, a, good, a good chunk of time where we are praying, where we are reading the Word of God, where we are contemplating what the Word of God has to say, about God and about what it means to live for Him and what it means to love Him, when it's time for us to just kind of be alone with that, we are very tempted to distract ourselves away from that kind of solitude. We are very tempted to, to distract ourselves away from prayer, from, from contemplation, from reading the Word of God. We're very quick to maybe blame other people for why we feel miserable. Or we're very quick to just think about other things, to jump on our phone, just scroll, to mindlessly amuse ourselves, to try to push back that feeling, to try to, to, try to negate that feeling of guilt somehow. But we have to understand that's not the way forward for the believer. It's not. It's not simply distracting ourselves from our, from our miserable feeling is not the way forward. The way forward is to see our sin properly. Because here's the bare truth of the matter. Verse 3, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Which means who could stand in judgment? Who could stand before the throne of God? Who, who could escape punishment in hell? O Lord, if you, if you counted our iniquities against us, who could ever gain your approval? If God decided to hold our sins against us, who in this room is safe from his righteous anger? Who in this room is safe from his judgment? So when we feel miserable about some stupid, sinful thing we've, we've said or done or thought, when we feel miserable about what we've done, 
It's not time to distract ourselves. It's not time to blame other people. It's not, it's, no, it's, it's time to admit that, yep, once again, God, I've demonstrated, I've proven that I am sinful. I am unable to be good enough to stand before you and to hope you'll declare me righteous on my own merits, on my own good deeds, on my own sinlessness. We must see our sin properly. If we feel miserable about our guilt, the, 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 the path forward is not to try to distract ourselves. The, the, the path forward is to see our sin properly. That's number one. We must see our sin properly. Number two, we must see forgiveness properly. Verse four says, but with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Verse three is, is devastating. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? That is just the bare truth, and it is devastating. Verse 4 comes right on its heels, and we're thankful for this verse. But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Uh, every once in a while, I, I, just, um, I cut a certain word out of my vocabulary. There's just certain words that I just give up on. I just, I just stop using. And it's usually because I don't know what the word means anymore. Like, um, so, I, so since I'm not sure what people mean by the word, I don't want to say it because I'm not sure if you know what I mean by it, because I don't know what other people mean when they say it, so I just, I just cut it out. I, I write out my sermons, um, and uh, I do this because I, I eventually want to end them. I want to stop talking, and so, and so when I get to this last page, I know, hey, it's over, you know, so that's good, um, or else I would talk for a long time. And the other reason is I, I want to choose my words carefully, and I know it often doesn't seem like I'm choosing my words carefully, but it would be a lot worse if I didn't write out my sermons, just trust me. But here's a word that I don't use as much as I used to, and it's the word broken. People say, you know, we're all broken. Everybody's broken. Uh, you know, pastors or teachers or authors say, God knows we're all broken. He loves us in our brokenness. Everyone here is broken. It's wonderful just to sit and remember that we're all broken. And God's not ashamed of us because, you know, we're broken. I know you're broken. I'm broken. We're all broken. Well, I, and so if that word, if it means that, that we're weighed down like by our own physical limitations, we're weighed down by our own heartaches or our own fatigue or we're trying to recover from the way we've been mistreated or we're going through a hardship. If that's what the word means, then yes, then sure. It's good to just admit that, yeah, we, we all struggle. Yep, we're all humans. We all are limited. We, we, are, all, we are all, yeah, we all struggle. Absolutely. But sometimes, though, you feel all of that stuff all of that brokenness, you feel it because of your sin. Sometimes you're broken because you're caught up in sin and you need forgiveness. You need to repent. You need to stop doing that stupid stuff and do smart stuff. You need to stop doing the sinful stuff and do holy stuff. Like it's your own pattern of sin. It's my own pattern of sin that's causing me to feel weak and vulnerable and broken and stuck. So let's not be fuzzy with our words. I mean, if we feel broken, weak, worn out because of sin, then the answer is absolutely not to just kind of say, well, everyone's broken and I'm glad God accepts me and let's just be authentic. Authenticity has become the new holiness. Stupid. If we, like, the, like there is some sort of good that's going to come just by admitting that we're all broken. 
I mean, the, you, you don't say, yeah, I struggle with, bro- with, with porn, but everybody's broken. Yeah, I, I struggle with my temper, but you know, everybody's broken. I struggle with gossip and bitterness and worry and, and anger and self-righteousness and laziness and apathy but, but prayerlessness, but everyone's broken. No, that is not, no. The answer is to say, I have sinned against the Lord. God, please forgive me. That is the path forward. And what hope do we have that he will forgive us? Well, I'm glad you asked. Our our hope, just like our sin, (laughs) just like our guilt, our hope is a concrete thing. It's a thing. Our hope is a is a cross. I um, people ask like why do you why do you guys sing old songs <laughs> like Rock of Ages? Um, I I don't know of any song that reminds me of grandmas more than Rock of Ages. Right? That is just like the vintage grandma song. Um, just like you watch old movies and there's and like there's like some old western, you know, and it's a completely godless movie except for there's this. You know, it's mostly like taverns and saloons and stuff, but then there's the scene in the church where these grandmas are singing Rock of Ages, you know? And we've just been, grandmas have been singing it forever. And, um, yeah. And if you're a grandma, that's awesome. I love you. Um, and you probably love Rock of Ages. And I love Rock of Ages, too, because it doesn't say stupid things. It doesn't use code words for sin. It says sin. It says, I am foul. I am foul. I need to fly to the Savior. That's why I like Rock of Ages. That's why I like old songs. Because they didn't use code words for sin. They didn't use words that could mean other stuff, too. We're sinners. We need Jesus. We need the cross. My problem is not that I feel bad, so I need God to feel good toward me. Let's be careful about this. My problem is I, I, have, I have actual, concrete, legal, forensic evidence against me. I have done and thought and said bad stuff. I need God to do something good. I need, I need concrete hope to take care of my concrete sin. And so this is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He reached in the backpack and he took the rock out so I bear it no more. I had actual legal guilt before God. Jesus took it on the cross. It's not that God just kind of felt kind towards me. It's that God took care of my sin on the cross. This is how a holy and just and perfect God can can forgive me. It's not just because one day he, he woke up and he started to feel, feel kind toward me. Yeah, he had an emotionally tingly feeling toward me. I guess I'll, I, I love... Steve, I'll just be nice to him. Now I'll be kind to him. You know, I just kind of feel nice. No, 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 no. For the holy, pure, just God to allow me anywhere near him, he had to take care of my sin. He had to take care of my guilt. And this is what he did on the cross. He took it. This is our hope. This is our hope. We have a very real concrete problem and we have a very real concrete solution. The Son of Man, the Son of God took our sin upon himself so that we can be forgiven. This is why and how God can forgive us. Christ took our sin on the cross. Do you believe that? Is that your only hope in life and death? If if it's not, then please believe it. Start believing it right now. Start believing it right now. 
You, this, is, this is your only hope. And if, and if, Christian, if, if God has done that work in your life, if, if He has brought you from death to life, if He has given you new life, if He's given you... I mean, I, we, we could have, we could have sang Rock of Ages and ended the song, ended the service after Micah and Aiden's testimonies. They're a lot shorter than my sermon, too. If, if, if God has given you the new life that he has given those guys, here's what happens anyhow. It may happen to them, probably will. It's going to happen to us sometimes as well. Sometimes we are going to just start to feel miserable about a sin that we've committed. We know, we know that God hasn't kicked us out of the family. But when we go to pray, we can... We can feel almost nothing but sadness. We, we, feel, we, we feel as if we have no right to pray. We have no, we have no joy in the Lord. We feel like we need to, to hide rather than run to Him. We don't, we don't, we don't feel like we're flying to our Savior. We're, we feel like we're flying away from our Savior. We feel that misery. It's, that, that, that's not the time to, to say, well, we're all broken. That's not, that, there's no path forward that way. It's time to confess your sin. It's time to stop pretending you've done nothing wrong. It's silly and foolish and unnecessary. Because, because on the cross, Christ has paid for every failing. So you, so you simply remember and rejoice. You just, you just fess up. You say, God, yep, I've done it again. I am really sorry. Thank you for Jesus. And then we live in fear. Did you see that at the end of verse 4? Um, I've never preached Psalm 130 before. We're working our way through the Psalms of Ascent. I got to verse 4, and I was like, wow, that's not the way I thought that verse was going to end. But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Usually, it, sound, it seems to me like that, that it should say, but, but, but with you there is forgiveness so we can feel you know, comforted. With you there is forgiveness so we can feel okay again. Or even, even maybe, but with you there is forgiveness so that you may be praised or something like that. Or adored or loved. What this, this psalm is to saying, no, when we understand forgiveness, when we understand, when we understand how holy God is, when we start to kind of get a grasp on that, just how holy and glorious God is, and then, and then we get a, a, a and, that, and that helps us to understand just how horrible our sin is against him. And, and then when we realize that he's the only one who can actually forgive us, because ultimately all sin is against him. So he's the only one who can actually forgive us. And then when we, so when we get a, 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 like an, a, an idea of how just majestic and glorious and holy he is, how, how bad our sin is, and then we get a sense of just all that He has given us in Christ. All of His grace and His mercy to us in Christ. When we get a sense of all of that stuff, we fear the Lord. Our fear of the Lord grows, which, which means, we saw this a couple weeks ago, it's not, again, it's not flying away from Him, it's not hiding under the bed. It's this proper understanding of, of how worthy He truly is. It, it means that we, are, we delight to walk in His, in, in his ways. We, we walk in obedience. We love Him. We honor Him. We're aware of Him. We're aware of Him. 
When we truly understand the gospel, when we truly understand like, how guilty we are before God and how gracious God has been to us through Christ, we are filled with a, a desire to honor him. This is the path forward. This is the path forward. We must see our sin properly, and we must see forgiveness properly. We can't, we can't water down either one of those things. We can't mess around with either one of those things. It's silly and foolish and unnecessary. The path forward is to see our sin and then to see forgiveness the way the Bible describes them. And then finally, we must see the future properly. We must see the future properly. Verses 5 through 8, I, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. We're going to... Um, I'm not always the kindest husband. And so, like, this week I was studying this psalm, and, uh, and I came across a song based on it, uh, Psalm 130. And so we're going to sing that song at the end of our, at the end of our um, service this morning. And so like three days ago, I asked Denise, hey, can you get this song ready? I know you've never heard it before in your life, but can you lead it on Sunday? And so she says yes, because she's um, a lot nicer than I am. She's the, she's the, I know she's the nice half. I don't know if she's the better half, but she's definitely the nice half of the family. Um, she says, sure. So she and her team, her merry band, are going to... Um, lead us in a new song this morning, new for us. Um, I'll wait for the Lord. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. Verse 6, my soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. It's always interesting, whenever I'm preaching or talking or teaching about feeling guilty, it's such a weird thing because, because some of you never feel guilty, and frankly, you should. Right? You're just so good at not feeling guilty. And I know that's how you are because that's kind of sort of how I am often as well. I'm just really good at not feeling guilty. Some of you feel guilty all the time. I mean, some of you have apologized to me for things that I did not, it, I was not aware of this hor horrible transgression. I just, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me. Um, and so in the moment, I'm trying to think of what it is you could possibly be apologizing for. But you just feel guilty a lot. So we're all different. And some of us, I think, actually, maybe what's, what's more likely is that there's some stuff we should feel guilty about we don't, and then there's some stuff that we just obsess over. So we're a mess, is what I'm saying. Right? We're a mess. I'm a mess, you're a mess, we're a mess. We're broken. <laughs> here's, here's the word of this psalm to us. If believers, Christians, Christians, if, if you are in Christ, if you have confessed your sin to the Lord, and if you have remembered and believed that you are forgiven because of what Christ did for you on the cross. If, if the Holy Spirit has done that just good, glorious, sanctifying work in your heart, 
then, then please listen carefully. You, you need to look to the future. Stop looking at the thing you did wrong. So some people see all of life through the ways they have failed in the past. I mean, that's the grid that they see everything through. That is not the way of Psalm 130. I mean, this psalmist goes from being in the depths, just crying out for the Lord's mercy, and just this, this hardcore recognition that if God was to count our iniquities against us, we, were, we are doomed. And so he goes from that to, to rejoicing, to looking forward to plentiful redemption. He's done seeing the world through the grid of his past sins. If you found forgiveness in the Lord, then wait for the Lord. Be confident in his word. The theme of your song should be hope in the Lord. This is what you're encouraging your brothers and sisters with. Hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. You can't be singing of steadfast love and plentiful redemption if you're always just kind of circling the drain, remembering the the terrible things you've done wrong in the past, and kind of just seeing everything through that grid. Let's move forward. Let's encourage each other with the truth that the Lord is going to bring plentiful redemption. I love plentiful redemption. Because that's, that's, that's like more than enough redemption. This is the way the Lord does things. Plentifully. Abundantly. If you've, if you've zoned out and you've had a hard time following me for all the obvious reasons, come back in for just a second. Come back, listen to me for a second. I want to I tell you, Christian, someday... The Lord is going to redeem the people of God from all our iniquities. Which means that there is, there is an actual moment in time where I'm going to sin my last sin. There's, there, I'm going to have a sinful thought one day that is literally going to be my last sinful thought. More importantly to me, I'm going to have, and some of you may not know this, but I, I, I have a track record of sinning with my words. I, am, I, I learned how to talk at probably a year old, 18 months, two years old, seven years old. Whenever it is, people learn how to talk. I don't remember when. Um, but I learned how to talk, and I have been sinning with my mouth every day since. It's just saying some foolish thing that I think is brilliant and hilarious, and it's actually just cruel, or just unkind, or untrue, or just arrogant, or self-righteous. The book of James was written for other people, but it was mostly written for me. I can't wait to say my last sinful thing. I can't wait to say, oh, I wish I had that back. I am so sorry. I mean, it's out there now. It's on the record now. I've said it. You can't unhear it. I can't say I'm sorry, and then you're just like, okay, I'll pretend like you never said it. It's been said. It hurts. I've hurt you. I'm sorry. I can't wait to do that for the last time. He's going to take away all of our iniquities, which means he's going to take away the punishment for all of our iniquities, the consequences of all of our iniquities, and all of our iniquities. They're going to be gone. We're looking forward. We're looking forward. We're not dialed in on the ways we've messed up in the past. We can trade stories, right? We can trade stories of the ways we've messed up in the past. That's, we can do that. Some of us had a rough trip even here this morning in the car, right? We can just, we don't even have to go back a month ago. We can just, yeah, right, 30 minutes ago. Yeah. We can do that. 
or we can wait for the Lord. Which, which partly means in this psalm, because this is sort of a, I think it's, it's talking about going to Jerusalem, right? Go, it's a song of ascent, going to Jerusalem and, and offering like sacrifices for the, for the Lord to forgive and then kind of waiting for the priest to say, yes, the Lord has accepted your sacrifice and you are forgiven. So some of it's this Old Testament um, sacrificial language, uh, but, but I think when we think about it ourselves, it's, it's, just, simply, it's just simply saying, I have, I, have, I have prayed and I have, I have asked God to forgive me and I just said, yes, I've just, I just owned my foolish sinfulness and I have said, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, thank you for Jesus. And then waiting for the Lord here is just kind of, if you're, if you're waiting as a night watchman waits, the, the night watchman can't wait for morning to come. The night watchman may, may act like a big, tough security guard, but he hates the dark because that's when all the criminals do all the scary stuff. So he can't wait for dawn to come. He can't wait for the morning to come. He can't wait for light to come. When is my shift going to be over? He's waiting for the sunlight. This is how we are just, we are longing for that time where we, can, where, we can, where we can spend time with God in prayer without feeling like we have anything to hide. Where we can enjoy time in His Word. Where we can seriously consider what it means to fear the Lord. And it's not hide under the bed, fear the Lord, but it's this awareness of His glory and His grace and not feeling like this, like we are, we are, just, we are just sullying His reputation. I hate the feeling that I'm walking unworthy of the gospel. And so to, so to have that time in prayer where it's, it's thankfulness and, and walking in proper fear of him, honoring him, obeying him, confessing sin quickly when I become aware of it. So, so part of it is that, right? But I think the biggest thing the psalmist is talking about here is this, is this day of plentiful redemption. It's, it's, it's when the Lord himself returns for us. We are like watchmen. We are like watchmen longing for day to come. We cannot wait. We are on the edge of our seats. We cannot wait for the Lord to return. And so we are seeing our future not through the lens of our sin and our guilt, We've confessed that. We've been forgiven of that. That's over. We are now seeing our future through the lens of the cross. Robert Murray McShane said, for every ten, for, for, every, for every one look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. Stop navel-gazing. See future through Jesus and his cross. Do you feel miserable this morning? You're like, well, I didn't before I came. Now I'm not going to. It, it could be. If you feel miserable this morning, and it, maybe this is something you're to put in your back pocket for, you know, tomorrow. Tomorrow is Monday. You probably feel miserable tomorrow. It could be that there is, that there is sin in your life that there is something that you have done or said or thought, and it is like a, a rock in your backpack. Could be that you are feeling miserable because of your sin. If so, there is a clear path forward. See that sin correctly. Don't, don't see it properly. Don't, don't pretend like it's not a thing. It's a thing. 
And then see forgiveness properly. Take a really good look at the cross. And then see the future properly. Look, look at the, move forward. Move forward. Not gazing at your sin, but gazing at your Savior. He's coming. And there's going to be a day when you're done, you are done sinning. And until then, let's be quick to, quick to confess, quick to rejoice. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that is in here for us. We, um, we confess, that, that, that I, I confess, and I confess that I'm, I'm really good at distracting myself. I'm really good at coming up for reasons why I feel miserable. Um, even though if I do some soul searching, I, I know. Um, it's because because of a pattern of sin in my life. It's because of some, some angry or harsh or sarcastic or cruel words, things I've, things I've said that have hurt other people. Um, it's because of some sin in my heart or in my mind or in my life. So I, got, I pray, God, that you would just, just help me to see it properly. Help me to confess it to you. Help me to rejoice that Christ has paid for every failing, every sin. And help me to move forward walking in the, in the fear of the Lord. Walking in obedience. Walking in awareness of your glory and your grace. Seeking to honor you with my life. And just waiting on the edge of my seat for you to come back for me. Help me with this. Help all of us with this. Help all of us with this. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.